0: I don't know about you, but at least I have started to wait for my summer vacays already. The weather in Finland is purely amazing at the moment, and that makes me want to go outside and enjoy the sun while it still lasts. Well, luckily at Sofagus we are able to work 100% remotely if we want to, so I've been able to work from our garden from time to time, and I must say that that really helps. On the 18th episode of Better Monday podcast, and actually this is the last episode of this season, I'm interviewing a lovely lady called Molly Johnson-Jones. Molly is an entrepreneur and one of the three co-founders of a 100% remote company called Flexa Careers. Flexa finds flexible, flexible companies and lists them on their webpage after verifying them. Flexa's mission is to bring transparency into job hunting and help people find truly flexible jobs. In this episode, we dive deeper into flexible work and its benefits. I hope you'll enjoy the discussion and find some new ideas about work and life. My name is Mila Heikkilä, and this is the Day podcast powered by Sofocus. Okay. Welcome Molly to our Better Monday podcast. Thank you. Very How much. are you? Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, super glad to have you. Uh, how's your week been so far? Great. It's uh, really
1: sunny here. So once uh, once I've recorded this, I think I'll go go sit in the garden and do my do my emails. It's about twenty degrees at the moment, so it's great. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. So it's it's almost summer there. <laughs> Feels like it for maybe a couple of days. I think the weekend's going to be horrible, but today is nice at least. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you have to enjoy it <laughs> while it lasts. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, hey, I know that today uh, it's Tuesday, but since our, uh, well, the name of the podcast is Better Monday, mm-hmm. I have to ask you what makes a Better Monday for you?
1: For me, Mondays have been about 10 times better since I started my own business. I don't get that Sunday feeling of, oh, you've got to go into the office and, and um, you know go and work for someone else, <laughs> which has been great. I think that probably one of the main reasons that my Mondays have become better over the past year is because I've been able to work fully flexibly. So on Monday mornings, there's no commute. I can wake up. I can walk the dog, have a coffee, start a bit later on a Monday is normally nicer as well. Um, And that's because I am my own boss, which is great.
0: (laughs) Gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah, definitely does. For our listeners who don't really know you yet, could you give us a little introduction? Uh, Like, uh, who are you and what what do you actually do? Uh, You now said that you run your own business, but what, what does it actually mean? Sure. Um
1: so I'm I'm Molly and I am one of the three co-founders of a company called Flexa, or Flexa Careers, as we our longer name is. Um so we are the first flexible working tech platform. So what that means is that we find the flexible companies that exist. So they allow working from home, working flexible hours, maybe dog-friendly offices as standard. You don't have to ask for it, it's just the way of working. And then we list those companies on our website. We verify them as being truly flexible and post their roles as well when they're hiring to bring candidates truly flexible jobs because there's never been any transparency in the job hunting process before. And the reason that for me that was quite problematic was because when I, the first job I had was in investment banking after I left university, Um, I have an autoimmune disease That means that sometimes I'm unable to walk, like not enormously often, but back then it was probably about about once a week where I just, my joints would swell up and I I wouldn't be able to walk properly. So after I'd been working there for 18 months, I asked to work from home one day a week, hardly groundbreaking, but yeah, literally one day a week. And um, they entertained it for about a week. They let me have one day working from home and then they sacked me and told me to leave immediately and never come back so I then spent three years after that looking for jobs that would enable me to work from home once a week and little did I know that obviously you can also work from home all the time if you want to but that wasn't the norm then Mm -hmm. I had a horrible job hunting experience I went from job to job I was working in market research and strategy consulting, which was more flexible by the end, which was great. Um, But I just started thinking, it's not just me that needs to work flexibly. There are hundreds of thousands of other people that have reasons, whether that's children, disabilities, dogs at home. They don't like mornings, they wanna work later. They wanna start earlier, like we're all human beings. And so working in a really set way isn't right for us, we should be able to have a level of freedom, which is why we then decided to start Flexa, because there are loads of companies out there that believe that too. But they're so hard to find when there's no source of truth or source of information.
0: Hmm. So would you say that your own experience was was the thing that actually uh, inspired you to come up with the whole idea about Flexa or h- how... how <laughs>
1: How's it been? It actually wasn't my idea, which is funny. Like the story is mine, but it was my boyfriend, who's also the second co-founder, who was managing a team of thirty people, all of whom work work from home a couple of days a week. They were very happy, very engaged, um, stayed at the company for longer. And he, we were talking about it, and he was saying. Why doesn't the the company he was working at, why don't they outwardly publicize the fact they're flexible? Like, why don't they tell people rather than just keeping it internal? Then we started talking about my experience with job hunting. And he was like, well, there's two sides of a marketplace there. Maybe we should try and build it. Um, So we then decided to, to give it a go and launch it. Um, and we started off just finding flexible companies and advertising them to people. We grew so much quicker than we thought we would, like with no with no marketing spend, no investment in nothing. We were still working um, part time, and, and we grew to about three thousand candidates in the space of about ten weeks of just word of mouth, um, which is really really fast. And so we were like, oh, right, we wow. have something here. Should we actually try and build this as a as a business? And that's when. When we went full time
0: on it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Flexa is built around flexibility, uh, and you also mention that on your web page uh, quite often. Uh, what do you actually mean by that? What is flexibility when it comes to work?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think it's something that hasn't been defined for a really long time, and I think that's been one of the reasons that maybe it's been slower to become normal is because of that lack of definition so I think there's no set definition of what flexibility is because what one person defines as flexibility is very different to what another person defines as flexibility so for example my idea of flexibility is being able to choose never to go into the office (laughs) work fully remotely and maybe start at kind of 10 o'clock and finish at seven. But we have other people who work for Flexa where their idea of flexibility is being able to meet up in your in a co-working space once a month, start at seven in the morning and finish at three. And we all work in different ways like that. So flexibility to me means giving employees a level of freedom to choose where and when they work. Now that is not total freedom. So it has to be within a framework so the company can say, for example, you can work from home four days a week and you must come into the office one day. You can have core hours, 11 till three, etc. So it's about setting the expectation of what that freedom means to a company and then giving the individual the ability to choose. So when we define flexibility, like how we measure it is we've created an index That takes thousands of different data points from companies to understand what true flexibility is. So what that means is that every company has to score significantly above average in terms of flexibility. So that minimum for us would be working from home one day a week and having a level of flexibility around hours. So an hour plus or minus either side. And that would be the minimum that we would classify as flexible. The maximum, and we've only ever had one company be that flexible, was a remote company, but also had an office that they could go into if they wanted to, but they didn't have to, and had full flexibility on hours. So you could work like two p.m. until midnight if you wanted to. So there was just total freedom. That level of flexibility is quite quite rare because it's very difficult to make it work um, for a lot of businesses. But it's a, fle- flexibility to me is is a spectrum that allows people to choose what is right for them.
0: Hmm. Well explained. Um, well, by now, because of this whole pandemic situation and coronavirus, uh, remote and hybrid work have clearly become a part of our everyday life. But why is it so important that companies offer flexible working opportunities for their employees, even after the pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's one that I
1: rant about all the time, the importance of it. Um So if you look at the companies that have embraced flexible working pre-pandemic as well as during, although I don't think the pandemic is the best lens to look at flexible working through, because we haven't just been working from home and working flexibly. Like we've been forced to work from home during a pandemic. Like it's, there have been real issues with mental health, with being able to take a break from work, overworking, burnout. There are so many different things that have happened over the last 12 months that probably, would have happened to a much lesser extent had we not had we not been in the face of a of a global pandemic but if we look at the flexible working companies that embraced it pre-pandemic and those that will afterwards the benefits of providing flexibility are so broad so providing employees a level of choice it's not forcing them into working from home or forcing them into saying you know we're never going to go back into the office again it's giving them a level of, of choice over where and when they work. Doing that increases productivity by up to about 25% because people can work in a space that fits their mood, fits the task that they're doing, they can make that choice. Uh, it increases retention, so people are more likely to stay in their job because they are happier and they're more engaged. Um, and in addition, and I think probably the most important one to me personally, is that... Offering flexible working means that you improve a quality in every sense. So if we take my example, if I hadn't been offered flexible working, I would never have been able to work a full time professional job. I'd have had to sacrifice my career, work part time, probably not doing something that I wanted to do because I had a disability that meant that I was limited from being able to work in a normal way. We've seen that over decades previously with working mothers, for example, where they need to be able to leave earlier or come in later to do the school run. Sometimes that's meant they've had to take part time roles when they would have wanted to work full time. Therefore, people who don't fit the normal mould of those working hours of being able to go into an office nine till six every single day. If you can't do that, you're othered and you are. The suggestion is, is that you work less hard. Therefore, you are less of an asset to a company when actually that's totally untrue. You can have someone who is more productive or just as productive, more likely to be loyal to a company and happier if they're just given a degree of freedom that allows them to fit their own lives in with their work lives. So to me, that's the biggest benefit is that you stop othering those people that have commitments or circumstances outside of work. Means that they stop being perceived as less able or less good at their job, therefore equality improves because you 're given access to the same opportunities just in a degree with a degree of freedom that means that you can manage work and life together rather than one of them having to sacrifice the other
0: hmm, definitely and uh, i've noticed that at least younger people who are now starting their career or or maybe are in in their early years of their career uh, they appreciate their free time a lot much more than the maybe the older generations and that's also something that companies should pay attention to that people have the other or they have their their lives as well it's not all about career or or working but uh, more about the balance like how how do you balance between your work and and your free time yeah exactly it's about finding that balance i think you couldn't have put that better is that it
1: used to be that you'd work nine to five in an office every day and you'd earn lots of money and you'd be able to buy a house by 30 and then you might retire at 50 and that was just the pathway that you were on like a lot of us aren't going to be able to buy a house by 30 or retire at 50 we're going to continue to work and therefore you want to achieve a balance throughout your whole life that means that you don't sacrifice your mental health you see your family you can have hobbies your physical health doesn't isn't sacrificed either and so it's finding that balance and I do think because you say like the younger generation the millennial generation have much more of a, an awareness of the need for balance because we've seen what has happened to previous generations as well and how much work
0: has mm-hmm. changed
1: since then as well
0: so uh, what kind of concrete tools are there to support flexible working
1: not many. (laughs) Um, The trouble is is that a lot of companies have been forced into this flexibility because of the pandemic, and that there wasn't much time, there was no time to prepare for it. So companies have had to adapt quite rapidly. And sometimes there has been a total lack of support around what that means. Now, there are some great tools emerging to help companies to become to support their flexibility or to become more flexible. But if I were to run through Flex's most important tech that we rely on in order to be, we're a fully remote company and we embrace every kind of flexibility that we can. We have people on compressed hours, four-day weeks, starting at seven, starting at 11, working from co-working spaces, not. Um, So I think without Slack, we would not exist. (laughs) Um, It's been so important to to (laughs) abandon email, and to be able to communicate instantly and to have conversations that aren't just formal. They're also quite fun. Um, so Slack has been key. Obviously, having everything. Everyone needs Google, don't they? But like having everything on G Drive so that you can collaborate at the same time as if you are in an office has also been really important to us. Um, I think for a lot of companies as well, there's a big niche that is... That is emerging of that need to of that need for a help to become more flexible so that guidance like how how do you train your managers to become more flexible how do you implement the correct policies how do you start to test and roll out an environment forever not just a pandemic and actually that's what we're building at the moment as well is that support on how to become flexible because that really that doesn't exist at the moment hmm
0: Um, then could you give some other tips on how companies can support their employees work-life balance and happiness in general at work? Yeah
1: so I think the most important thing that any company can do is to ask their employees what they want you'd be amazed by how few companies just ask whether that's through doing a survey Um, that they can set up themselves or they can look at different tools online or whether it's just having conversations if you're a small company or sending out emails to ask for feedback. You're not going to know what your employees want until you ask them and the majority of companies I know have never asked. Um, So I'd start there and then I'd say look at what 80% of people are asking for. There will always be 20% of people that are asking for very different or difficult to implement things but often the majority of people will want something that is perfectly achievable. So focus on that 80% and providing the majority of people what they want now. The biggest demands that we've seen from employees has been dog-friendly offices, because so many people over the pandemic got dogs, and now they want to be able to take them to work. <laughs> um, so looking at, you know, is that possible? <laughs> Could that be possible? About um, 35% of employees that we've surveyed want to be able to bring their dog to the office. The second one is work from anywhere schemes. Harder practically, because there are some tax implications for co- some companies, but there are um, now different businesses, that startups that have emerged that help companies to implement work from anywhere schemes. So that's allowing employees to relocate for a short or medium amount of time. So it could be a couple of months, could be a year to go and work somewhere else live somewhere else that's really really um in demand at the moment and not very many companies offer it so about 45 percent of employees would like the opportunity to access that and i think that's a really big one isn't it because i think particularly the millennial generation travel and new experiences are really integral to happiness and just life experience in general And a lot of people will move companies to go and work in a different country for a short period of time. Whereas if your company offers that, then there's no reason to let go of an employee and obviously you can balance both sides. Um, And then I think another kind of smaller, maybe easier to implement one is just looking at wellbeing allowances. So rather than saying to employees, oh, you'll get some money to go to the gym yeah, have, you can have a gym membership and you can you know have a cycle to work scheme which some people might never use actually giving a budget that allows people to choose what they want to spend their well-being allowance on so it could be yoga it could be meditation it could be buying house plants it could be vegetable boxes you know those kind of things and giving people the ability to choose what they spend their money on I think is also very very important to to people's well-being and happiness at work. And the final one that I would say is um, make sure that people switch off. I think when we're in a remote or hybrid working scenario, people have a tendency to overwork because you're just always in front of your laptop or you're always with your phone. So if you are aware of that culture within your organization um, and it does exist, it's very hard sometimes to stop it existing. Like we definitely have times where we're we're all still working at, 10 p.m but if those days will happen then we'll say okay a couple of days later it's a really quiet afternoon have the afternoon off so it's about finding that balance and rewarding people for working really hard rather than constantly pushing them to be present all the time and that will promote burnout in the long run Mm.
0: yeah exactly really really good tips and especially the last last one that you gave because I've seen people under 30 uh, getting burnouts and, and, and get really, really exhausted because they are working way, way too much. And that's, at least in my opinion, that's something that never should have had happened. Uh, if if you really think about the situation as a whole, if, if you push people to work uh, even until midnight or even after that, it's just like... A, there's research, bunch of research about productivity, like how it actually lowers down if you push your brain to extent. So that just uh, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly.
1: And just having, giving your brain a break and having proper yeah. boundaries and switching off and being outside, going for a walk, going for a run, doing, having a hobby, spending some time with people, then you can come back and your brain is refreshed and you're more productive and you're happier and I think companies tend to forget sometimes the human side of their employees. Like they're not Mm
0: -hmm.
1: just resources. They are people and they need a break because they get tired. (laughs) And we all do mentally and physically. And so it's about being realistic about that and making sure that um, allowances are made for people to be human um, and to have a life outside of work because you'll get more out of them in the long run if they're if they're relaxed and happier
0: yeah definitely so how do you take care of yourself and your own work-life balance <laughs> no
1: not not very well over the past year actually um <laughs> it is I think sometimes like starting a business and being an entrepreneur and being a, having a VC-backed company can be very glamorized and like it's seen as this marker of success and isn't that so exciting and glamorous and what an amazing industry to be in it is an amazing experience and it is an amazing industry to be in but there are lots of things that should never be glamorized like the sleepless nights the constant fear of failure doing everything yourself like even down to you know copying and pasting things like data entry everything is done by you and it can be really really exhausting but there's no there are times where you can't help that like it just has to be done um and definitely for like I'd say the six months running up to my birthday was when I noticed how tired I was so like my birthday's in February and the six months prior to that it had just been non-stop we'd raised our first funding round we were building the product scaling really fast we were acquiring like 3000 candidates every single week and it was just relentless. And then it got to my birthday and it was the first day off I'd had in six months. And I was just like, I can't keep going. Like I can't actually keep going. (laughs) Um, So I took another couple of days off just to try and switch off, watch Netflix, sleep until 11, walk the dog, go outside, do some exercise, um and i came back from that and i was much much more conscious of needing that break because i think there's only so long that you can go on and on um so now at least one weekend day and this doesn't sound like very much at least one weekend day we don't touch our laptops we don't touch emails turn slack off and have one full day of like nothing same with um we always say on, on a thursday evening because we're also, it's my boyfriend and I, we're the founders of the company, like we never stop talking about it. So we say on Thursday evenings, have a glass of wine and we can't talk about work. That doesn't always work though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and really try, the one thing that both of us absolutely hate is early mornings. So that's the one thing we try and give ourselves is we don't start work until 9.30. And we try and get up at like, Eight o'clock, go walk the, go, go for a long walk with the dog, grab a coffee, and have the mornings to ourselves. And that's one of the ways that I try and look after my mental and physical health. I do exercise every day as well, at lunchtime to have a break. Um, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's really not. When you've always like your to-do list is always a page long, um, and it's normally really, really mundane, boring tasks. So I don't want to overglamourise it. Um, But it's exciting as well. And that's what keeps you going. Starting a new business is exciting. Mm.
0: That's probably the hardest part when you actually enjoy the thing that you're doing so much that you get a little bit maybe like uh, too excited and uh, don't know how to stop and how to uh, take some time for yourself as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially when it's Morris and I when we're together in the house and everything that we do outside of work we'll end up talking about work I think as well because we enjoy it because we love talking about it but that's not very romantic as a couple
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it has its downsides as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah hey uh I still have one more question uh name one thing that makes company a better employer than all the others I think it comes back to what we were talking about
1: before of that awareness of someone being human and trusting them as well. So I think if a company is aware of what we need as human beings and they don't expect them to just act like robots, but they also trust them to behave like an adult and to get their work done and they give them the freedom that we need to be able to do to be able to have a balance between work and life I think that's what really sets companies apart and the trouble is that's very very hard to tell on paper before you join somewhere <laughs> um which is what we're trying to do we're trying to measure that we're trying to show when they, when those companies do exist um because I think that those are the ones that people want to work for you know you don't want to be asked if it's Ten o'clock and you haven't logged on yet, or you haven't arrived into the office. You don't want to be asked why you're why you're late. If you're going to get your work done, does it matter? And I think it's those companies; they're the ones that people are really looking to work for, and they're the ones that will, in the long run, those companies will hire the best talent because people will want to work for them, and they'll get the best results because they'll have the happiest employees um, that are very engaged and have have balance which means, as we talked about, they don't burn out and they'll be more productive.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Molly. This was really an insightful talk and uh, I hope that our listeners got some new ideas about flexibility at work and how actually companies can utilize that and give people more freedom about how to, uh, to lead their own work. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was really lovely to chat to you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this Better Monday podcast episode and the whole second season. I hope you have been enjoying our talks and discussions. And uh, I wish you warm and sunny summer. And let's get back to this and back in business in September. Bye-bye.